Waiver wire pickups and stashes for week three. Before anything, I want to wish Nick Chubb a speedy recovery. He suffered a really gruesome looking knee injury today, and I just hope it was not as bad as it looked. With that, it looks like Jerome Ford is going to be the top pickup of the week. He's going to be the man replacing Nick Chubb in Cleveland and barring a free agent signing of like Kareem Hunt, which is totally plausible given that he knows the system and was a part of the team for so many years. He should be the main guy for the rest of the year. The Browns also have Pierre Strong, who did score a touchdown today, and I'll imagine he'll get sprinkled in. But just based on how the carries were distributed tonight, it definitely looks like this is Jerome Ford's job to lose. Ford ran it 16 times for 106 yards, chipped in a touchdown, caught three receptions for another 25 yards, and also had a two-point conversion. Even last week, it looked like the Browns were trying to get him involved. He had 15 carries. He didn't really do much with them, but he played 41% of the snaps. And I would imagine that number might get as close to 80 if they don't sign anybody. At this point, he's only rostered in about 17% of leagues. And I would highly advise making him your priority in terms of waiver ads. Next, Zach Moss. Zach Moss had 18 carries for 88 yards and also had four receptions for 19 yards and scored a rushing touchdown. He was on the field for 98% of the snaps. And it looks like it's his backfield until Jonathan Taylor comes back, if he comes back at all. At least for the next two games, Zach Moss should have a stranglehold over this job. And I would imagine with Anthony Richardson being injured over the first two weeks, the Colts are going to try to shift the running workload away from him as much as possible. It would not be surprising at all if Moss has a similar workload over the next two weeks and is still involved in a pretty solid capacity once Taylor comes back, if he does. Currently, he's rostered in 53% of leagues, so he's still almost available in half of the leagues. I would recommend making him a high priority as well. It looks like he's going to have very solid value for the next two weeks at the very least, and he doesn't have much competition for touches. Deion Jackson did nothing to make a case for himself, and Evan Hull, I believe, hurt his knee and is on IR now. Next, Matt Breida. It looks like Matt Breida is going to be thrust into a starting role, at least for the interim, while Barkley's healing up. Saquon Barkley suffered an ankle injury yesterday and will be out for a minimum of two to three weeks. This isn't completely unfamiliar territory for Breida. He has been a starter before. In 2018, he started 13 of 14 games for the 49ers and ended up averaging 5.3 yards per carry, which was the fourth most in the league that year. So he's definitely capable. He's obviously a bit older now, but given that he hasn't put much wear on his tires, he should still have plenty left in the tank. I can't imagine the Giants are going to sign anybody on a short week. And ironically, they're playing the 49ers this week on Thursday, so... I would imagine that Brita will definitely get the bulk load of the carries for this week, and it remains to be seen if the Giants sign anybody, but I doubt they will. If anything, they'll go with a committee approach. He's rostered in only 2% of leagues, so I would imagine he'll be pretty heavily sought after, but I would still temper your expectations. I don't think he's going to be as strong of a pickup as Zach Moss or Jerome Ford, but at least for this week, he's worth picking up. It's your choice if you want to start him. Kyron Williams had success against the 49ers, but I still have faith in this defense, and I would imagine they're going to be able to stop him pretty well. Next, Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds, through two weeks, has nine catches for 146 yards and two touchdowns. His chemistry with Jared Goff is on display. They had good chemistry when they were in L.A., and it seems like they still have it in Detroit. Even last year, Reynolds and Goff had a pretty good connection. And I think now, with DJ Chark and TJ Hawkinson completely out of the picture, Reynolds is pretty much the number two guy in Detroit. It seems like he's operating that way. Over the last two weeks, he's averaged 75% of the snaps, and I think that's going to continue. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually has one of the better seasons under the radar. He's currently only rostered in 12% of leagues, so if you're looking for a wide receiver and you need someone to put in as a WR3 with WR2 upside, I think Reynolds could be your guy. Next, Rashid Saheed. Saheed is rostered in 52% of leagues, and even last week he was a pretty good pickup. He had 100 yards total, a touchdown, and also chipped in 116 yards in the return game. 
think that's what makes him so valuable. He definitely is involved in the return game pretty heavily. Even tonight, we saw him get four grabs for 63 yards and also another 63 yards in the return game. So if you're in a league where you get points for return yards, he's definitely someone you want to target. He seems to be the number three guy in New Orleans behind Chris Olave and Michael Thomas. And if either of those guys were to miss time, he would definitely step into a number two role. It seems like they're doing what they can to get him the ball just because of his playmaking ability. And he might just be this team's deep threat. Next, Tank Dell. Tank Dell caught 7 of 10 targets for 72 yards and a touchdown last week. I think with Noah Brown going on IR, Dell should have pretty good value for the next few weeks. He seems to be the third guy in the pecking order behind Nico Collins and Robert Woods. And I think he should keep that spot for the foreseeable future. He's coming off a game where he played 79% of the snaps. So it seems like he has a pretty good hold on the third receiver spot. And he had a great preseason, so it seemed like he was going to make the team and have a role. And I wouldn't be surprised if his role just continues to grow. He's only rostered in 5% of leagues, so if you're looking for another WR3 with WR2 upside, he's a great person to target. Next, Tutu Atwell. Tutu Atwell has to be taken seriously at this point. I mean, he's been really involved over the last two weeks. This most recent week, he played 94% of the snaps, and he seems to be the number two guy ahead of Van Jefferson even. Last week, he had seven receptions and one rush for a total of 83 yards, and he should continue to have a gadget role in this offense. I think it took him a little while to find his groove, but it seems like he's found it, and Stafford knows how to find him. So given his dynamic ability to get open, it wouldn't be surprising if he continues to have a pretty good role once Cup comes back. Next, Jaden Reed. Reed's already been on a lot of people's radars, and I think now's a great time to grab him. He's coming off of a game where he had four catches on eight targets for 37 yards and two touchdowns. And I know a lot of people think that was propped up by the fact that both Aaron Jones and Christian Watson were out. But I think he's going to have value throughout this year. He seems to be a really good playmaker. He's been on the field for about 55% of the snaps over the first two weeks. And even if he maintains that snap share, he should be able to produce. He's currently rostered in 10% of leagues. And I think now's a great time to snag him. I might put him in that sleeper category, but I think enough people know about him by now. Next, Marvin Mims Jr. Marvin Mims Jr. had two catches for 113 yards and a touchdown, one being a 60-yard bomb. He also had 45 yards in the return game and had two rushes for 10 yards. If he can maintain this role of being a gadget player and chipping in in multiple ways, then he should maintain value. The only concern with him is that his snap here is a little bit low. He only played 24% of the snaps last week, but I think he made a case for earning more, especially with the Broncos hurting at receiver and just for playmakers in general. I mean, they're 0-2. They have nothing to lose by finding out whether or not Mims can be a playmaker for them down the road. They spend a pretty high draft pick on him this year. He's currently only rostered in 24% of leagues, so if you do want to grab him, I think this is the week to do it. Now let's talk about some players to stash. First, Kate Otten. Otten started the season a little bit slow, only getting two catches in week one for 19 yards, but last week he came on a bit, getting six catches on six targets for 41 yards. What I really like about him is that he's played 97% of the snaps in both games. And if you're looking for a tight end that's going to get a decent amount of volume consistently, I think Otten could be your guy. Mayfield's looking for a nice safety valve, and I think Otten's stat lines are going to be closer to his week two numbers than they are his week ones. He's only rostered in 2% of leagues, so if you're looking for a tight end, and I know we all are basically because it's the ugliest position in fantasy, he may be a person to consider. Next, Latavius Murray. It looks like Latavius Murray has leapfrogged Damian Harris in the pecking order. Last week, he had 31 scrimmage yards and a touchdown, and I think he may be the goal line back for this team. James Cook is being utilized more as a third down back, and I think with Murray's size at 6'3 and 220+, plus. He should have a pretty good hold on the goal line role if he can stay healthy. I'm sure Harris will still be involved in some capacity, but the way Murray played last week, I wouldn't be surprised if Murray ends up being the guy inside the five. He's only rostered in 1% of leagues, so you could do a lot worse if you're looking for someone to just stash on your bench. 
Next, John Mechie. John Mechie made his debut last week after dealing with a hamstring injury and missing his entire rookie season. He had one catch for 17 yards, nothing glamorous, but the Texans spend a very high draft pick on this guy. He's obviously very talented, and he was very talented at Alabama. So I think it's just a matter of time before he carves out a pretty good role in this offense. Plus, the Texans need playmakers, and I know they have Nico Collins, Robert Woods, and even Tank Dell, like I mentioned before. But Mechie could very much create solid value for himself, especially playing in an offense that's going to be throwing the ball a ton and be playing from behind a ton. He's also only rostered in 1% of leagues, so if you're looking for an end-of-the-bench stash, he may be a person to consider as well. Lastly, I would consider stashing one of the backups in Minnesota, either Ty Chandler or Miles Gaskin. If Alexander Madison continues to struggle the way he did last week, I think Minnesota's going to have to explore utilizing one of these two guys a little bit more. I know C.J. Ham, the fullback, got more run than both of them, but it wouldn't be surprising if they try to give both of these players a look. I mean, they acquired Gaskin for a reason, and they both are pretty much available everywhere. So if you're looking for a player that you want to kind of wait and see on, both of them might be someone to consider. Those are the waiver pickups and stashes for week three. Thanks for watching. Please subscribe and let me know which waivers you think should be on this list in the comments below.